What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And we are live. Welcome back. And good morning to all. I am your host, Blake Rafino. Alongside me, Joe Daly. Oh, man, I got to say, um, you did a great job uh, Thursday night on this NFL draft coverage. Thank you. You too. So we, so just to let people know, Joe, we sat down in our chairs at 630 yep. and did not get up until 12-ish, 1130-ish. Um Central Standard Time. I will tell you, my lower half, Paul's, is sore from sitting down that long. Oh, that's a big pause. (laughs) Yeah, Bell Piper is uh, a gangster. If you've ever sat down for that long when you're doing a show, it's extremely difficult, but good job to you and believe for everything you do. So we will talk about one guy that an SEC quarterback that failed, Will Levis. A lot of SEC guys going – uh, in the draft early, maybe we'll touch on some big-name guys that, that went in day two, uh, as well as Will Levis falling to the second round to the Titans. But the biggest news, Joe, that we'll talk about here today is Tyler Buckner, the Notre Dame quarterback, I is told you to Alabama. I told you, Blake. I told you it was going to happen. I can't wait to talk about it because there's just so many angles that come into play here. For that Buckner situation. It's going to be interesting. It, it, it's either one or two things are going to happen. Either Saban's going to prove us all wrong, and this is going to go really well, or they're going to go nine and three. Ten and two. Yeah. It, there's no middle ground. And right. To them, to them, okay, that's really bad season, which – to some t- I mean, let me ask you this, Joe, as a Notre Dame fan. Mm-hmm. Would you take a 9-3, and 10-2 season right now? Sign on the dotted line. I, I would take a 10-2 and two season because we've had 10-2 and two seasons where we've gone to the playoff and then lost or been close well, to the playoff. It has to be 11-2, but. Sure. The, the math yeah. didn't math up in my head. But, yeah, I would. I don't think Alabama fans would, though. I absolutely No, don't. they do. They would not. They would not. I think that this is a desperation move um, by Saban. Now, Saban went out on college game day before the draft and said, he's a great quarterback, he's a leader. And I'm like, okay, well, he might be a leader, but he's not a good quarterback. Okay, like, let's let's get that understood. So we'll talk about that off the top. I'm sure we'll spend a lot of the show uh, discussing that. Jimmy Lindsey, the South Carolina defensive line coach, is handy to Baton Rouge. To yep. fill their vacancy, and we'll touch on that again. A lot of people think it's an underwhelming hire. I'll kick it off to you first when we talk about that. As Brian Kelly's made some really solid hires, ask Nick Saban, right? I mean, he just went and hired Tommy Reese. And yep. Mark Freeman, I think, is obviously a big one. And look what – you know, the thing for about Brian Kelly for me, taking the LSU part out of it, he literally has two coaches that are – or four coaches – that are prominent names that are head coaches in college football or the league. Robert Sala and Matt LaFleur, both are head coaches in the NFL. Both were under uh, GAs or something to that extent for Brian Kelly at Central Michigan. And mm-hmm. then you have Clark Lee and Marcus Freeman and your boy at Duke. And then now, I mean, look, Brian Kelly, has, like Saban, like Kirby, like a lot of these elite coaches has hired some really solid um, assistant coaches or coordinators. I, I I don't know how you feel about that, but I'm we're sure we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're gonna get into it. But and I said this to you just by a quick glance at the resume. Like the, the guy is a qualified coach, and, and you had told me that 
there was a level of frustration apparently for LSU fans. I, I don't think it's a bad hire. I, I don't. And it's, it's not like this is for your defensive coordinator position. It's a defensive line coach. You don't need to hire somebody with a massive long resume to fill this position. Bringing in somebody who's an up-and-comer is sometimes always a better thing to do. And I know that we're going to get into it, but I, I, don't hate the, I don't hate that move by LSU. We'll see how that transpires. I'll tell you why they're upset. Let's get to a couple. Uh, oh, we'll talk about college. Well, so, listen, college football, uh, dude, this is getting so out of hand. They want to play semifinal games during the midweek. Now, uh, I understand that that is around holiday season. However, okay, however. Yeah. I Could you imagine telling a family, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan, whoever, that they got to go to a playoff game and it's on a Wednesday? I – That is – I, I don't know if it's because they're worried. I, actually, it's clearly because they're worried about the NFL. That's that's what that is, and they're afraid to go up head-to-head with them. And it's I can at least rationalize a Friday. Like, I can rationalize a Friday game, and I don't hate a Friday game because I, I think that there could be more college football programming on Fridays. But, no, midweek is weird, dude. I don't I don't understand it. I want to unpack that. It's It's such a soft move and a direction for them to go in. I agree with that. So we'll we'll touch on that as well. Let's get to a couple comments though, Joe, before we get rolling. Colin says, Does Joe call Blake Daddy? Colin, go back to bed. I, I have always been Colin's biggest supporter, and and this is what I get when I wake up. I've had a long weekend. Colin, go to just this is so unnecessary. I mean, you didn't answer the question. So. No, I do not. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Chris A says, what time tomorrow does the transfer portal close? I I don't know. I'm sure it's like at 12 a.m. Central time or 11.59 Central time. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, Penn Jones, who Penn Jones, says Reese bringing in his subpar quarterback, not a good combo for Alabama. We'll talk about, we'll talk about that um, as well. C. King says, LSU fans are, are easily frustrated, Joe. And I, like I think that. I do think C brings up an interesting point. I, I do think that they're frustrated because they don't know necessarily. But C, it's interesting to get a, a take from someone like you who's, yeah. been, who's followed Brian Kelly for a long time and you don't have really any uh, 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 chips in the game, if you will, about this D-line coaching uh, hire. Uh, Colin does say, again, we'll, we'll we'll use this as the last one and then, and then get rolling. But he says they can beat the NFL head-to-head. I, I do think it would be an interesting dynamic. I do. I don't think they can beat them head to head necessarily, but it's the wild card round. Okay. If let yeah. me just tell you this: if the semifinal is during the wild card round, I'm watching the semifinal. But I'm a college football homer. Okay. They've gone up against the NFL before and won. Okay. Like from a viewership standpoint. Right. And a lot of these, I, I too would be completely fair. Oftentimes, these wild card games are bad and they're actually they've some of them have gotten worse because we're putting in these teams that are barely qualified to make the playoffs just to add an extra team to the playoff field so I don't disagree that they can't go head-to-head with the NFL I just think that it's it's soft to assume that you can't but at the same time I understand trying to go with a different day to ensure that you get the most viewership like a Wednesday I can't make make sense of that yeah, I don't either. I lied. Last one. Penn Jones said we should rename the show to Blake and the Notre Dame kid. Sure. Blake a little long. Kid, you know, Blake and the kid, you know. I, I'm, t- I'm not young enough to be called the kid. I don't, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not behind that. <laughs> uh, you're pretty young. You're pretty young. All right. So let's do this. Let's talk about Alabama. Look, I'm going to make a very hot take. I'm going to get ripped for it by Alabama fans. I'm okay with that. So let's talk about Tyler Bugner to Alabama, but let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag first. Guys, go over there today. There's a lot of big bets you can make today over on that. we got NBA playoffs. you got some golf that's going on. you got the hockey playoffs. you got so many things that are happening. Uh, you can go to betonline.ag. Use your mobile device to sign up uh, and use that promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V. Joe, let's take our first, first and only break. 
We'll be back in just a second to tell. Oh, and we got some big news. We have some big news that we got to tell people out uh, of the top. So, okay. We got some big news. So, man, I think it's massive news. I'm tripping. What am I forgetting? All right, go hit the break. I'm like, I'm completely blanking here. It starts with a T, ends with a V. Oh, yes. Okay. Back in 30 seconds. Stay tuned. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. Before we get to the big announcement, did you see that Arch Manning said that he or Sarkeesian said Arch Manning has taken no money in um, NIL? NIL. I, I wanted to put that in the topics. We almost had too many topics, but dude, there's no damn shot that that kid's not getting any NIL uh, money. No, I believe it. What? Yeah. Well, well, listen, let me tell you what I know about Arch Manning. You can clip this and run with it. Okay. okay. He wanted no conversations about NIL. None. I know I know for a fact that okay. when he went to Georgia, when he went to LSU, when he went to Alabama, and when he went to Texas on his visits, when coaches brought up NIL, he said, Coach, I don't want to talk about it. I'm not here for NIL. So when that for that statement, does that mean when he's saying not taking any NIL money? He's not taking any from the school, from the NIL collective, or does no, that just mean in taking, general? He is taking zero at all. So my man has the biggest NIL valuation ever. Here's the problem. And he's not taking any money. Well, here's the problem. Here's the problem that people don't realize. They And I'm not trying to rip on three here, okay? okay. On three comes out with these NIL evaluations of how much someone's worth. We talked about this on the last show. Yeah. Not true. Outside of Olivia Dunn, okay, who we've now seen on the cover of Sports Illustrated, mm-hmm. things like that. She's making more than what they even have projected. Okay, some people think that she's going to close in on $10 million of NIL earnings by the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. Everybody, it, it, The only other person that will have that evaluation is Bronny James when he comes out, okay, right. when he goes to Ohio State or wherever. Yeah. These other players that you think are getting these NIL monies, it's not true. Like, are they getting money? Yes. Are they getting the money that everybody's saying that they're getting? No. That's why this whole, like, I'll continue to go back to Jaden Rashada. Jaden Rashada, as an example, never was going to get paid $13 million. It it wasn't true. It it wasn't even remotely true. Okay? We'll see how how all that transpires. But I do think that that's interesting. I do believe right. him, and I will I will tell you that's how the Mannings roll. I, just 1,000%, it's how they roll. I think it's something that we can talk about at a later date. But Yeah, yeah, let's not, let's let's not talk about uh, Arch Manning as a quarterback at the current moment. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. Joe Tyler Buckner, the former Notre Dame starting quarterback, is heading to – Alabama. I'll give you credit. You called this from the beginning. I did call this. I texted uh, you immediately the second he hopped in the portal. I said he's going to Alabama. And I, I had a little sourcing. A hard, I was giving you a hard time saying it's not true. Okay. But he, Joe, when Tyler Buckner, so let's break this down for just mm-hmm. a minute. Okay. When Tyler Buckner went into the portal, he instantly put a do not contact on his sheet. Okay. Everybody was talking about Auburn, 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 Auburn. I've talked to people at Auburn, and they said that they didn't talk to the kid. Like, they tried to get him on a visit, but they didn't really talk to him like that. He goes on a visit to Alabama, and within 12, uh, 24 hours, he is committed to the University of Alabama. Let me tell you what it tells me. 
it reeks of desperation. Alabama fans will come in here and rip me alive in reference to this take, but they have to start being more realistic about what's going on at their quarterback position. I told you this on last show. I went on with our friends at the charity stripe. I said, Florida State, from an LSU perspective, would scare me more than Alabama does. Mm -hmm. Now does it make sense? Joe, this has been something that's been chirped at at Alabama this entire offseason about what they have going on at quarterback. Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson at the current moment is not what what Nick Saban wants. Nick Saban damn near said it himself when he was at the NFL draft and said he's going to come in, he's going to compete. Well, if you have a guy that you feel really confident in, Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson, why are you bringing in another quarterback? It makes zero sense if Saban has even remotely a small slither of hope for Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson. Why are you bringing another veteran quarterback? This will be the third year that Tyler Buckner is going to be a quarterback in college football. He's not coming to sit, in my opinion. He's coming to play, and I think Tommy Reese will push for him to play and if Tyler Buckner is the quarterback at the University of Alabama, I feel better for other teams' chances in the West to take them down. That's just my opinion. What says you? Yeah, to be extremely blatant, look, he doesn't transfer to Alabama to not play. I really do think he is going to be maybe not the day one starter, but a starter at some point this upcoming season. He's not making that decision to go to Alabama to be a backup. And I know that he was recruited by Tommy Rees. He's got all these ties to Tommy Rees. He's not going to that situation, a program that that prestigious with that, that many accolades, the biggest and most recognizable program in college football. For him to go there, he's not doing it to sit. He could have gone to so many other programs. You brought up Auburn's, their quarterback situation's unsettled. He could have ended up in Florida. We talked about how they don't have anybody. And I'd right. even throw out there, he could have gone and done what Will Levis did where he got beat out by Sean Clifford at Penn State and then he goes to a lower-level level SEC team. He could have gone to a lower-level SEC team, a lower-level Pac-12, Big Ten team, started immediately, built up his stock, and then gone from there. But instead, he is going to a program that has a more difficult chance of winning and succeeding because of all the expectations. That is a hard place to step into. That decision was because he's going to start. Tommy Reese does not bring that guy in after everything that he's done for this kid to not start him. It's just he's going to play. He's going to play at some point. Well, uh, and I agree. Do you think Tyler Buckner wants to give up on football? I don't. No, I, I don't think, you know, so like you mentioned, he could have easily been the starter at Florida. Easily. He would have been out. He would have beat out Graham Mertz. And look. Billy Napier loves a running quarterback. It would have been a better fit for him, in my yes. opinion, than Alabama would have been. He could have gone out to the Pac-12. He could have gone to the ACC somewhere. There's so many teams that he could have gone to, right? He decided not to. The first and only thing that he did was go to Tommy Reese in Alabama because, I, in my personal opinion, he is going to – Joe, I it, it, it it's hard – Name a time that a transfer quarterback has gone into anywhere, like a higher-name transfer quarterback, right? Like yeah. a, a predominant name. I think Tyler Buckner is a prominent name because he was the starter at Notre Dame last season before he got hurt. And he was also – many people don't really know this about the whole situation with, with Tyler Buckner. He was a four-star recruit. He was the 14th-ranked quarterback in the class. He was but the highest-rated quarterback in the class, was he not? Or second-highest-rated? He was not, but here's the thing with him. A lot of people believe because of COVID, he didn't get to play in California his senior year. A lot of people believe that if a he lot did of people play, didn't get to play. I know a lot of people didn't get to play, but a lot of people thought that his progress was trending so far forward as a recruit that he would have been one of the top quarterbacks in that class. So the talent is recognizable. A lot of people recognize that Buckner has the talent. He just didn't actualize it. He didn't bring it to the field. No, the running is actual. Okay, yes. not the throwing. Absolutely. You you cut me off, so I've now I forgot my point. But right. I agree, I agree with you that I just don't understand the move if he's not going to start. You said that you don't think he's going to start immediately. But like I was saying, he might not start immediately. Name name a high profile quarterback with a bigger name that, that has gone somewhere. Look, we've seen multiple teams take in big-time transfer quarterbacks. It literally just happened at the school that Tyler Buckner was at and Sam Hartman, okay? 
name a time that those guys haven't come in and start. Bo Nix goes to Oregon. Uh, Jane Daniels goes to LSU. Will Levis goes to Kentucky. Name the times that it's happened. I, I mean, for crying out loud, I, I know that he wasn't necessarily started the day, the time that he went back, but Stetson Bennett even went back to Georgia for crying out loud, and he would wind up being the guy, obviously, that started for them. Yeah. I just don't know. Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker is, is a prime example of youth don't have faith in a quarterback, and then you bring in another dude, and he winds up being the guy. I think that I think that they're going to battle it out. Here's what I, I said this last show, and I think it's going to happen. Now, Jalen Milrow came out. Let me back up. Jalen Milrow's camp came out and said that he's not transferring. He wants to compete. Semi Ty Simpson's leaving. What 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 quarterback is leaving now? The Lonergan kid is not going to to leave. No. He was the, the freshman quarterback, the midterm enrollee. He's going to play both football and baseball. He's not leaving. I don't think Eli Holstein is leaving. No. Okay, the the kid from Louisiana. So is it going to be Milrow? Is it going to be Simpson? And it's obviously not going to be Buckner. I just think Joe that he's going to play a lot and he's going to start and and. They might even battle it out. I think that there's a, a really big scenario week one that mm -hmm. they roll two quarterbacks out there and say, let the best man win. But regardless if it's Milrow or regardless if it's Bugner, and quite honestly, regardless if it's Ty Simpson, am I supposed to be scared? Like, name a team right now that's scared of Alabama. Now, here's a, here's a caveat, and here's the flip side of that coin. Alabama has got is is you know this and I know I think they're going to be better defensively from an athletic standpoint. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's with getting Will Anderson out of there. I get it. I think that they're going to get better, and they have a really good class. They have a and here's another. They have a true freshman running back. They think is going to start. <sighs> Who do you have a receiver? You, you're talking about Isaiah? Uh, not Isaiah Foskey. Who's the the uh, uh, Proctor coming Jane in and Proctor, throwing yeah. at left tackle? Joe, when you had that many freshmen out there, you start having question marks. I, I just don't understand this move. And the, I think it's a real, a real legitimate question to ask if Saban is slipping. Now, well, so I, I actually, so like on that point, I, that was like the first thing that came into my head was this is a, a pretty strong indicator and we're going to find out if it works out. Why is Saban giving Tommy Rees this much pull? Because this is a significant pull to go and grab the guy that you really liked, that you recruited to come and play for you at your current school. Like, do you really trust Tommy Rees that much after he hasn't proven anything? That's what I don't fully understand is like, why are you going with his instinct? Again, you're not going to bring him in for, for good competition for the job. Buckner's not going there if he wasn't guaranteed some sort of playing time. He's not, yeah. because him transferring out is difficult now. It's very difficult. What do you mean by that? Expand on that. Well, don't the transfer rules prevent him from bouncing to another spot without having to sit? I don't feel the transfer rules are really confusing. Yeah, I mean, portal. so in theory, by the book, you're correct. Okay, unless he graduates – and be I don't a grad think he's too young. I don't think he can. Well, I mean, this will be his third year. I mean, he can look. We've seen guys graduate in three years. We saw Burrow do it. I mean, but Burrow's just a gangster. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I mean, but we've also seen JT Daniels um, transfer. I mean, how many how many schools has JT Daniels played for? Six, four, five, four, four, five. USC, Five? Georgia, West Virginia, now he's at Rice. Yeah, but he graduated, and he's been around for so – I think he's my age. I'm pretty sure he's he's my year, or he's the year after me, which is ridiculous. That's insane. That's So I don't, I, I don't really know. I, I don't really know. Here's what I do know. I, there's, no, there's nobody with a pulse. The only reason that people have hesitations – Okay, in reference to not saying Alabama is going to have a down year is because of Nick Saban. And you're right, mm. right? Like, you're 1,000% right. You cannot count out Nick Saban in this team, in his team. You, you can't do that. They're too talented at other positions. But, Joe, 
for me, the quarterback position is the biggest position in sports. It is the most difficult position in sports, maybe outside of pitching, which people say, oh, you, you can't say that. No, the pitcher dictates the game, in my opinion, more than what a you know most positions could and do. Yeah, man, I, I'm just telling you, this does not scare me whatsoever. If I'm any team that has Alabama on their schedule, I could literally name, I could literally name other quarterback rooms right now that are better than the University of Alabama. I think Georgia is one of them. I think Tennessee is one of them. I think LSU is one of them. You're, you, there are better and more dynamic quarterbacks at other schools right now. And, and, and let me just throw this out there. I think I think Connor Weigman is a better quarterback at Texas A&M than what you have at Alabama. He's better. He's going to be better. Uh, I, I don't I don't disagree, but I just he's not totally proven. And I I I will well, give going I will give thirty five for three hundred yards against Ole Miss. Me, it's kind of proven it to me. You know who he's more proven than? You know who? who? He, let me tell you who he's better than. Tyler who? Buckner. God, I, I don't think that people – and you can allude to this. Let's talk about him that okay. being about okay. on the field. Okay. He is a ridiculously good athlete. Yes. Ridiculously good athlete. Very smart kid from what has been described. He throws the ball like Brucey from the, uh, the longest yard. He might be – He I, I mean this with all due respect to him. He might be the worst thrower of the football in the SEC. Now, I'm going to tell you something that, you, that Notre Dame fans will not like. I'm I sure know, I won't. I know that you hated Drew Pine. I get it. I know that you hated him. You know who Drew Pine is a better quarterback than? No, he's not. He's absolutely so, not. He's absolutely not. So, at some point, the stats have to matter. At some point, the production on the field has to matter. Let me tell you why he is. You legitimately were getting your teeth kicked in by Marshall. Marshall. Yeah. And Drew Pine was the quarterback that beat teams like Clemson and others to get them to nine and three. There is no way that you can sit here with a real take, with an actual real take, and tell me that Drew Pine is better, is not better than Drew Buckner. Does it, Drew Pine have the worst arm in college football's history? Probably. Yes. But wins in college football and how the offense is being run has to matter. It's the same thing that I bring up with, with Stetson Bennett. He didn't beat Clemson. Notre Dame's defense beat Clemson. He is not the reason why they won a lot of those games. A lot of the games that they lost and they played poorly in were solely Tyler or was were solely Drew Pine's fault. The way that they played against Stanford was Drew Pine's fault and the play calling by Tommy Reese. Those were the limitations that held them back. Drew Pine is, is fine, but he, Tyler Buckner is more physically gifted and a, was a better quarterback against As Ohio State. What I, saw, what I saw from Tyler Buckner against Ohio State with no receivers to throw the ball to was a very positive indication of what he could be. He played the crap against Marshall. He got significantly hurt, and then he was out of the game. I'm not holding that against him. I'm one of those people, and I say this a million times on this show, just because a guy plays in a couple games and one of them is bad, I'm not going to hold him against the bad game that he didn't finish because of the injury. It's just like Trey Lance. It's the same deal here where if you, if you didn't play enough games, you got time to prove yourself. I think that Buckner does. I know that you don't want to agree with this, but I think Buckner has a capability to succeed, to succeed at, at Alabama. Yeah, but I he's think it's possible. Get better at throwing the football, though. He's one of the worst. I don't disagree, but he's one of those players who, if Tommy Reese, and he's not going to, but if Tommy Reese knows how to set him up properly, kind of actually what they did in the South Carolina game, where they used him as a runner very effectively. Very effectively. If yeah, they, they, they ran Wildcat on a team that had 12 starters out. If they can find ways to incorporate that into the running game like they did against South Carolina and Buckner is the starter, I actually think that they have a shot. But to your point, they do need to refine and work on a lot of his throwing mechanics on a lot of those issues. Yes, that does absolutely Tyler need work. Tyler Buckner 18 of 32 with two interceptions against Marshall. Drew Pine came, comes in. He goes three for six. He throws a pick. Okay, cute, cool, doesn't matter. He also is more effective in the passing game. You know what he he was. I get your Clemson take. I understand your Clemson take. 
But when you run for 260 yards against Clemson, okay, well, he doesn't have to be perfect. You had more wins under him. You you knocked off a top 10 team with, with Drew Pine. Drew, uh, uh, Tyler Bugner has not shown anybody anything. Oh, he's a great athlete. He's got great traits. Well, let me tell you what doesn't work in the SEC. You know who you can ask? You know who I will give you his agent's phone number right now. You know who you can ask? Who? Anthony Richardson. Tyler literally beat an SEC team in a bowl game. Let me finish this thought. If you cannot throw the ball and be consistent in the in the passing game in the SEC, you will not win. It is the bottom line. It doesn't matter if you go back 10 years, 20 years. It doesn't matter. If you cannot be effective in the passing game in the SEC, you are going to lose. you got to complete a very high rate of percentage in the SEC to win. Joe, the statistics of quarterbacks that have won the SEC, you know what their completion percentages normally are? 65% or better. Okay. Tyler Buckner can't even count to 65, much less throw for an accuracy percentage of 65. He has to drastically improve. Tyler Buckner beat South Carolina. And I get it. You tell me that they're missing some of their, their starters. They had eight he, defensive starters out. What are we talking he, about? He still beat an SEC defense after missing the whole season due to injury. He stepped into a game with, with n- nothing to go off of it. He was thrown into the fire because Drew Pine last second decided to transfer. That's a tough situation to step into. He was clearly blatantly unprepared by Tommy Reese. He also I think, threw three interceptions against three DBs that weren't there. My whole point here is that if they fail and this doesn't work out, it's more on Tommy Reese than it is on Tyler Buckner, just like his development wasn't great early on because of Tommy Reese and not because of Tyler Buckner. Tyler Buckner it- still went 18 of 33 with three touchdowns. That's fantastic. He also threw three interceptions. He is a turnover machine. He, you cannot, I get that. You cannot turn over the football in the SEC and win the conference. That is just – let me ask you this question. Do you think South Carolina with 12 dudes missing is better than what he'll see in the West? I know you hate no. A&M. They were the number one team in the country in passing yards allowed. Do you think he's going to get better against LSU? Do you think that Arkansas, who also runs the football at a high clip, that it gets any easier? Do you think that Auburn, God forbid, if you freeze figure something out at Auburn offensively and they're scoring at a high rate of pace – do you really going to sit here and tell me that Tyler Buckner can go blow for blow with you freeze? Pause. He can't he cannot do that. Everybody sits here and tries to convince me about traits, 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 traits. It's different for different teams. Okay. It is different for different teams. I don't the stats don't necessarily uh, look. There's two sides of this coin. If he threw three interceptions, but the man's got an absolute cannon and he's just a wild man, if he's Brett Favre out there, I'd be like – Or Anthony Richardson. Or Anthony Richardson. I would be like, okay, well, Saban getting that – let me say this. If Saban would have an Anthony Richardson, they would have won because Saban would not have allowed for those turnovers to happen. This man's not Anthony Richardson. Just as you said, it's different for different teams. He's stepping into a situation where the offensive line at Notre Dame was probably better than the one he's stepping into right now. But he's going to have better receivers, and he has a better defense to support him. He's got, I, I would argue, a better potential running game with the running backs that are available to him as in Alabama. Logan Diggs did just go into the portal, just and throwing it out there. They're probably going to go and get Logan Diggs from what it sounds like. There's a strong possibility that they like each, that Logan Diggs likes Tommy Reese, so that might be a pairing or it might not be. Um, Besides the point. Okay. Full year, fully healthy, full training camp at Alabama compared to Notre Dame. If he can do what he did against Ohio State every single game at Alabama, they will be fine. He played a good football game against Ohio State, and he had nobody to throw the football to. Nobody. He can't do that in the SEC every week. Okay, you upset a big team. Sounds cute. Joe, they have a a, – they they could potentially in November – have a stretch. You ready for this? Yeah. 
pull up the schedule. I don't know what their schedule is. LSU, Auburn, Georgia. He has not remotely faced teams back-to-back like that in his life. Because he's in his life. But, okay, but that could be said for Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson. No, we saw we saw Milrow do it. We've seen Milrow start and play against SEC opponents, and it wasn't but good. only a couple of games. Only a couple of games. But my point, my is, point is, my, no, 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 but my point no, is that Tyler Buckner has only played a couple of games because he got hurt. It doesn't matter. It doesn't give two flying Rudy Post. It makes but my it makes, How can we use that take when he wasn't even available? Said, what you just said makes my case even bigger. I haven't even talked about the injuries yet. He – he was okay, Joe. Was you're, when you go out there and you lose to Marshall, and then you go out there against South Carolina, who is depleted, and throw three interceptions, and then you coming out here and telling me that he can do something in the SEC is chaotic. As much as I was frustrated by his performance in South Carolina, he is a big reason why they won that game. I, I can't also believe another in- reason why South Carolina had 38 points because it, it, in crunch time, he kept turning the ball over. He yes. Kept turning the ball over. Yes. I don't disagree. And it's look, it doesn't really help my argument that he's stepping into literally the same offense and offensive coordinator that he just had. It's not like we can make the argument. Oh, he's going to a more conservative offense. It's literally the same offense. Again, I I know that he didn't light the world on fire and throw for 350 yards against Ohio State. He was 10 for 18 for 177 yards with his run game completely shut down. Audrick Estime didn't even go over 30 yards, and he was one of the better running backs in college football last year, statistically. They shut down Ohio State, took out the run game. That's not happening in Alabama. Okay, they're not but, taking the run game out of out of the uh, against Alabama true. on a week to week basis. That's not happening. Okay, hold on. Not necessarily true. In 2021, Alabama had a game where they only had six rushing yards. Six. It's possible, but my point it's is that more than more, possible. There's more they talented available games. running backs, and I think no, but uh, no, uh, uh-uh. uh, okay. Joe, his competition is—is is he gaining talent at Alabama? Yes. Yes. Is he also playing tougher opponents? Yes. Yes, if you mean to tell me that you can do that against Marshall, what makes me believe in Death Valley on a Saturday night that you're not going to get your shit kicked in? He got hurt in the Marshall game. I'm not holding him against that Marshall game. Again, I would let... Marshall broke off in his ass. You're you're hanging on to the bad performance. I'm trying to hang on to the good one. There's not a good performance out there for him to have. He played great against Ohio State for his first ever start. If you're 10 of 18, I'm sorry to tell you, that is below average. It's his first ever start with no help from his run game. He had to do everything. That's a really for your first ever start to go into what Ohio did, what State. Did you tell me on this show two two weeks ago about Bryce Young and Bill O'Brien. He had to do everything. What makes it change in Alabama now? He's not Bryce Young though. But that's my point. Bryce Young, with that same talent, had to do everything. It's what made Bryce Young Bryce Young. So now you're going to sit here and tell me, oh, well, Tyler Buckner doesn't have to do everything in Alabama. Bryce Young literally the last two years had to do it all, all by himself anyways. They have a – look. Oh, you know what it sounds like? You know what it yeah. sounds like? Checkmate. It's not a checkmate. That's not a checkmate. Look, I'm standing by my point here. I'm not saying that the kid's going to win the Heisman. That's not at all what I'm saying. I'm saying that he can be a serviceable quarterback with some of the the the, the dorks that have played that position Alabama, in Alabama. Buddy. What do you mean? Co- uh, Jake Coker won them a national championship. Jake Coker had four straight games of 300 plus in yards with three touchdowns because of the supporting cast around him. It was all he was the, okay. Name the people he had around him. I'm not going to remember that off the top of okay, my head. I was in high school. You know, school. Who, he had? You know who his leading receiver was? His big t- go-to weapon. You ready? O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard was a first-round okay, pick. I mean, he did have Derrick Henry, that's, but... That's, I mean. Yeah, that's, not a, that's, not, that's a terrible <laughs> counterpoint. Okay, okay. But, right. look, all, like, again, and to not labor this point, and I think we should definitely move on to the next one because we're just going okay. back and forth here. They have had worse quarterbacks succeed 
at Alabama. Be patient. I think that he is the best one of the grouping of guys stepping in if there are concerns with Ty Simpson. And he would be the only one that I would start over him. I don't think Jalen Milrow's got it. The way that he played against Texas A&M, and if he can keep him that close against Texas A&M, by the way, we could both sit here and agree that Jalen Milrow is not good enough to be the consistent starter. If Jalen Milrow can do that against Texas A&M for how good their pass defense is, Tyler Buckner can. Tyler Buckner absolutely. Tyler Buckner's can. not a, a better thrower than Jalen Milrow is. We haven't seen. He's that. not. He's not worse, but he's, he's not, not better. I and just Jalen Milrow's a better athlete than Buckner is. I have I enough. Buckner's a great athlete, yes. but Jalen Milrow's going to go into the combine and run a four three something, and then you're going to Anthony Richardson me this thing if he starts this year and say the traits, Mister Blake. Milrow's me, not getting invited to the combine unless he transfers somewhere else and is a starter somewhere else. You don't know that. Well, if he's he's going to get beat out for the job, we just spent the whole time talking about how Buckner is going to probably come in and beat him out. My only thing is, is that the SEC is a gauntlet, and when you look, okay. when you throw that many s, have that many turnovers. I mean, Joe, he had five turnovers against South Carolina. South Carolina was one of. L- let me finish this point, and then we'll all move right. on to Will Levis. Okay, all right, all right. Here's the quarterbacks in the league that are, I, in no specific order, think are better than him. Okay, you ready? I think Connor Weigman is better than him. I think Jaden Daniels is better than him. I think that uh, Garrett Nussmeyer is better than him. I think that Sanders is better than him. I think that Jackson Dart is better than him. I think KJ Jefferson's better than him. I think they're all guys that have started a lot of games. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. I think Milton is better than him. I think Nico is better than him. And maybe, maybe, maybe I'll throw in Spencer Rattler. I think Spencer Rattler and Drew Larry are better than him. I don't, I don't, I don't think Spencer Drew, Rattler is like. Hold on, Spencer Rattler, Spencer Rattler, for what it's worth, okay, has shown that he can play in the SEC for a year. Yeah. But Butler can't even shows that he can't even go in the you know play FBS Division Two opponents without getting clapped. He's he would be. Uh, uh, take Spencer Rattler out. Okay. okay. Name whoever. It doesn't matter to me. He's not even. Oh, you know who? Will Rogers at Mississippi State. He's not. I don't know if that's a foregone conclusion. Will Rogers is is okay. Oh, he's thrown for ten thousand yards in two years. What are you talking about? This, I, he he was in an offense that's. Do you think up, that that's changing? You think that that's? I don't changing? think I don't think it is. But like I've watched Will Rogers on tape. He's one of those guys with really okay. inflated numbers. It's just you know like what? Russell you know Westbrook what? is inflated you know numbers. What? Well, you know what he's, you know who he's better than Tyler Buckner. All right. We're going to not agree on this. I would like to talk about Will Levis. All right. Let's talk about Will Levis. So Will Levis did fall into the draft to the second round to the Tennessee Titans on this platform, on this show, I came out and said that he was telling teams and he was scaring teams. Um, Look, I, I mean, my sources came to fruition on that one. I think Tennessee's the best place for him. What do you think about Will Levis falling to Tennessee? Yeah, the, I really agreed with you, and I also certainly believed what you said because he he comes off as one of those guys that is way too intense. And some teams get excited about that. Some teams are going to say, like, wow, this kid, man, this kid is going to really change stuff for us because he's 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 got the mentality. But another guy who was way too cocky was Josh Rosen. Baker Mayfield was way too cocky. NFL teams want a humble quarterback. They don't want a guy. Well, that's so was Tom crap. Brady. Not. So was Peyton Manning. We have two stories. Yeah. We have Tom Brady telling Robert Kraft, okay, that I'm the best thing that you've ever done for this franchise. And then Tony Dungy, I mean, not Tony Dungy, um, uh, Polian, old Polian, not yeah. the one that's at LSU. Polian said when they met with Peyton Manning that when they left, he he told them, if you take Ryan Leaf over me, I will make your life a living hell for the rest of your life. Let's not act I mean, okay. Let, that's that's fair. But okay. I think a lot of times if you're if you're too intense in these meetings, it, it rubs teams the wrong way if there are massive question marks for other aspects of your game. And for Will Levis, I know that you've said that you're not you're higher on him than I am. The issues with Will Levis and why I had him projected as a day two or would have drafted him as a day two pick. I think he was going to, I thought he was going to go earlier. He did not. But the reason why he's a day two pick on film, massive arm, the biggest arm in the class, good athlete, moves well. His decision making is abysmal. And he's played as a starter for two years. To watch him on film with some of these throws, some of these picks he's thrown, 
it's really head scratching. It's not like a circumstance of where you can see a guy on film and be like, okay, I get that mistake. He's going to correct it. It's something that's fixable. He makes a lot of mistakes where it's like, dude, what are you thinking through here? And somebody who doesn't have that natural processing, that natural feel for the game, there's a legitimate concern because things get faster and more complicated in the NFL the minute you step into it. I will say, though, this does set him up for his best possible situation. I, I thought agree. he was going to be a bust, but this is probably the most bust-proof situation for him to step into because this is the, the Kentucky of the NFL in a way where they run the ball really effectively. They do a lot of play action. And they got his, Tajay Spears. I mean, they're, they're adding to their run game as an example. Exactly. His best year, the year prior to the year he came out, they had a better offensive line and a better run game. He's stepping into a spot where he doesn't need to do everything. He doesn't need to start right away. And then he can move, expand the pocket, throw on the run, use that big arm to hit guys deep downfield. Traylon Burks is a great athlete. He can connect with him. It's a good spot for him. I can't complain. I think that he he lucked out. This is what – so, look, I, I agree with you on the round that he goes to. I agree with you on the team. I just don't think he's as bad as some people think that he is. Okay, let me give an example. The Emmanuel Forbes screen pass pick six. That's mm -hmm. not on him. It's not on him. It's a play call. Okay? Emmanuel Forbes made a good play. Okay. I think it was against Ole Miss or I, I forget the team. Of like 35 dropbacks that he had, he was under pressure or got hit 28 of the 35 times. I'm just throwing the number out there, but I listened to the stat yesterday. Joe, he broke his finger, and his finger on his non-throwing hand literally was pointing this way, right? Yeah. Like, it was pointed sideways. Against Ole Miss. Against Ole Miss. They put – I'm pretty sure it was Ole Miss. They put it back in place. He kept him in there. He's a tough, tough, tough kid. I agree with you. He can be a little much. I think that here, here's where what I have heard about him is that teams believe that he was overcompensating himself because people had put so like put down on him so much. And I get that and understand that. He's a really good play-action passer. And, yep. yeah, so quarterbacks are going to be better with better offensive line and running game. Every quarterback gets better with a good running <laughs> game and better offensive line. Yeah. You know, his offensive line last season, as an example, was horrendous. I can make the argument they went from one of the better offensive lines in the league to one of the worst. They had two draft hit. picks the year prior. Right. He got hit and hit and hit and hit. Look, he took a lot of punishment. And you know what he did? He continued to get up. That kid's got heart. And when you have that many traits, as you like to say, I'm okay with you taking a second-round flyer on the guy. Right? Like, I'm okay yes, with you exactly. taking a second-round pick. Exactly. I also had the same thought process on Anthony Richardson as an example, okay? I know that Anthony has more traits, and I get look, I, I don't care that he goes to Indianapolis. Like, good for him. I, I'm good with that. But Will Levis, for everything that he has been he has been criticized on, look, man, he the kid the you know what the number one thing about leadership is for me and on a football mm -hmm. field is when a guy gets hurt and he comes back the way that Will that Will Levis does. I will play for that dude. All right. I, you know, I will play. For, I will give. I agree with that. that. I will give everything that I have when your finger is about to literally rip off, and then you come back against Ole Miss and throw a touchdown pass in excruciating pain. I, I dude, I, I will fight for that guy. Here's the problem I have with him. Okay. Can he just be calm? Can he learn? Can he sit there and just learn and understand what he needs to do? I think Mike Vrabel can get the best out of him. I, I really do. Now, I don't trust Tennessee in, 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 in reference to molding quarterbacks because Malik Willis was Rudy Pooh. But I'm going to rip on you draft guys in a minute about Malik Willis. You all were idiots. I tried to tell you you were idiots. You didn't listen to him. Oh, he was a Liberty with Hugh Freeze. We're, we're, well, we're, not, we're not all idiots. Just, that was very largely projection. That was extremely largely projection. And some guys don't hit. It was a massive risk, and it, it didn't make a lot of sense. There was The reason why he was projected as early as he was was because it was a year where there was no quarterback town. None. None. Kenny Pickett wasn't even a guarantee to go in the first round. He went very late in the first round. And when there's no talent, teams reach. 
And we thought the teams were going to re- be, be reaching. But as we've discovered this year, I think a lot more teams are careful about that and they're unwilling to do that. They're unwilling to go up and take a guy if they're not confident in him in the first round. They'll wait until day two. That's the reason for the whole Malik Willis thing. We're not all idiots. Oh, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. I, look, I, I, I'm not a hater on Will Levis. I've seen Will Levis take shots and run. I think he's athletic. If you can cut down on some of the bad decisions that he makes, he can be a really good quarterback. The problem that people have is, is that he made bad decisions, right? Like, that's the big thing on him. He yeah. threw a lot of interceptions. You know who else threw a lot of interceptions the year that he the year that he came out? Oh. Deshaun Watson. I'm old enough to remember that Deshaun Watson had a season when he won the national championship and he threw for like 18 interceptions. 18. Now, I don't want to talk about everything with him off the field and him mm-hmm. at Cleveland, like, but you know what he was with the Texans. He made some really good decisions. You know who else? Had a lot of interceptions his first year in the league. Don't say Peyton Manning. Hey, buddy, he threw like 2,900 of them. He's not Peyton Manning, though. You know who else was a bad decision maker coming out? Who? Brett Favre. Now, what's interesting is Brett Favre was taking this almost the same exact spot, if I'm not mistaken, in the draft that Will Levis was. The same pick. Drew Brees. As much as I love him and I know a height was a thing, my man threw some picks, Okay. If his decision-making can get better, I'm not completely out on him yet. Here's my reason why, though, I'm not I, – I don't – I have a lot of pause to believe that Will Levis's decision-making can improve because there's a lot of times when he you see – much worse. <laughs> right. There's a lot of times when you see guys on film, quarterbacks, and you try to make sense of, okay, why does this guy throw interceptions? Why does he set his receivers up poorly? Why does, why does he not know what to do and make the right decision from time to time and make bad decisions? Usually you can make sense of it. I've talked about this with Anthony Richardson, that it's clearly because he's green. He's clearly letting the game get too fast for him and things are moving way too quick and he needs to learn how to compose himself. I legitimately think that Will Levis just, it's not going on very much. here was subpar in in play calling too now. It was, but I just don't think there's a lot going on up there. And I I know that that's like a really mean statement to make, but like, I just don't think that he knows, like he can think quickly enough and effectively enough. I think he just, Season open receiver, he just throws the football. I don't think he thinks nope. things through at all, nope. which is really, really scary. And those the guys you named – Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say those guys you named might be good examples. I think Brett Favre is the best example, but I, I don't know about the other ones, though. Like, I think that those guys at least shows a nope. positive ability where they were just trying to do too much, which led to those interceptions. The one thing for me is I go back to that Georgia game two years ago, and he was leading them down the field and scoring. Very productive, very efficient. When he had help, he did better. And when he didn't have help, he didn't. Okay? I, I mean, Joe, that's for every quarterback in the league. It's fair. I mean, it's, uh, I his, mean his physical I will tool tell you, tool I, I've said this before off air, okay? Mm-hmm. I had a defensive coordinator in the SEC tell me last year that Kentucky might be the worst offensive play call team in the country. Like, they believe fully that. believe that. So, I if that's that. the case – you know, hey, all right. So let let's transition here. I want to get these college football changes on the playoff. Just a quick announcement, I guess. I'll, I'll throw this to you. I've already said a lot about Jimmy Lindsay, but Jimmy Lindsay, the defensive line coach from South Carolina, is going to LSU. A lot of LSU fans are pissed off about this because they wanted a big name. They've had some big names in the defensive line. Ed Orgeron being the biggest. What's your thoughts on on Jimmy Lindsay to LSU? Yeah, I said this at the beginning of the show. Look. It's this isn't your defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator hire. You're hiring a defensive line coach. You're also hiring somebody later on in the process. Oftentimes, these things are already going to be pretty solidified. It's going to be hard to attract a big name guy from another program. But look, the guy has a really great track record. He's been a climber over the past couple of years. He went from, I believe, what his his resume was off the top of my head. He went from Western Kentucky to Illinois to South Carolina to now LSU. Mm. I have faith that somebody like this will work out that they're progressing and moving up the ladder that quickly this isn't just a half-assed hire like oh who's the best available I think a lot of times coaches like Brian Kelly and he's done it at Notre Dame 
yes, you're going to go after people that have the proven track record, the NFL background, all of that stuff to fill certain positions. But when you've got enough of those guys on the on the on the uh, the coaching staff, you could set yourself up to bring in somebody that's young and promising. You have that cushion to bring in somebody. Like I agree that. with I, I agree with that. I think that that's a fantastic take by you. Basically, you said in a better way that I tried to depict last night. John, you don't know what you don't know is the key takeaway here. You don't know well, if he's going to be good. Well, here's the thing, though, Joe. The LSU D-line has not been good in a while. They've misevaluated on some guys. I think Jaqueline Roy – look, you got to get Jaqueline Roy. He's a five-star He's a five star D-lineman in Louisiana. you got to take a shot on him. Okay? Yeah. But there has been some development issues there. Eileen Gay being one of them. Like, the best guy that they've had the last – two years at minimum, has been Makai Wingo, and he was a transfer from Missouri. Mason Smith's going to be one of those guys, and Harold Perkins. Okay, B.J. Ojolari. But you got they got to get better in the interior, and he's not alone. John Jancic, who's been a defensive coordinator inside of the SEC before, is going to be right there with him, and he's going to help him, and they're going to grow. He's been with Matt House, the defensive coordinator before. I think it's going to be an okay hire, more than okay. I think they're going to do better because they're deeper, okay? They have some depth along this defensive line. Jordan Jefferson, no, not the quarterback at LSU, but Jordan Jefferson, the defensive tackle from West Virginia, he is a run-stuffing machine. You get Makai Wingo back, Mason Smith, you know, Mm -hmm. this is his contract year. Some people believe, even with the ACL, Joe, that he's a top-10 pick. He's that dynamic. He is legitimately DeForest Buckner when healthy. A lot of people, and he plays lower than what DeForest did coming out of Oregon. Let's see how this transpires. I think that they'll do some good things. Yep. Uh, Joe, let's transition to college football playoff. 2024 is expanding. Ross Dellinger came out with the most Rudy Pooh thing of all time. Joe, they want semifinal games to be played during the midweek. Now, I don't like getting dumped on. But I feel like the NCAA just took a major crap on everything by playing a, wanting to play midweek playoff semifinal games. I get it's during the holidays. I, I, I understand all that. I don't want to watch a college football semifinal game on a Wednesday. Now, they came out. So, I went stupid on this and mm. was quote tweeting everything. I'm like, this is why we need to know who the committee is. We do need to know who the committee is. Who's making these stupid, idiotic, ridiculous decisions? And then Ross Salinger comes back out and says, oh, well, they're talking about Thursday and Friday being the examples. Well, that's not midweek. Midweek is Tuesday, Wednesday, you freaking Rudy Poos. I don't care if you're playing on Thursday and Friday. That's great. That's okay. I'm okay with that. Don't give me a game on no cotton-picking, stupid, freaking, stupid-ass midweek. It's so dumb. Blake, what has it been with this whole offseason, with all these changes, and not a single one of them aligns with the desires and the wants of college football fans? Not a single one aligns with what we like about the game of football. None of works. It. When has a midweek game worked? Maction? Oh, I can't wait to lock, watch the, the, uh, the let me tell you what. version of Maction. I, 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 wait. I know everybody's like, oh, Maction action. I don't even watch it, really. I, I'll turn it on, Same. but I'm doing something else. I'm not watching that bullshit. It's just so unbelievably out of touch to do this. It's just... If it's a Thursday, I think it's fine. I still don't like it. I don't even know if I fully support a Friday. I just to 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 place these games where they are. If it is on a Saturday or a Sunday night, people will watch the games. People will watch the games. No doubt. And no I don't doubt. understand what we're afraid of. And again, these changes were when have has college football ever bowed down to the NFL? And that's what well, they've they done are with, now. The, with the timing rules that they've changed. And then now with the scheduling of the college football playoff. It's exactly what is happening happening right now. I I, I just don't I, I don't understand the logic. 
And, and this is the thing that I have the issue with the most. I, I don't even know. I, I might. I, you know what, Joe? I think I'm about to go on a crusade. I think I'm about okay. to go on a crusade. You ready? You want to be a part of my crusade? Oh, absolutely. I want the committee of college football on who are making these type of decisions. I want to know who they are. Who is the face of the college football playoff committee? They're never going to reveal that. We're never we're we're never going to get the that most context. white people thing of all time. How many committees do you have to have? One one well, guy should be making the decision. One guy should be making the decision. That's the truth. Roger Goodell, as much as we Roger crap Goodell on him, don't back down to nobody. Makes he a decision. He stands back by down to anybody. You know why? You know why the NFL is the most profitable sport in the. And I'm not going to say the world because obviously it's soccer, yeah. but yeah. It, especially the United States. You know why it's a multi-billion-dollar company. Because they don't back down to anybody. They make unpopular choices. They do things that people don't agree with. And you know what? They don't give a damn what you think about them. Roger Goodell gets booed more than any human being on the face of the planet. And you know what? He just puts his big NFL nuts on the table and says, stop us. I don't understand why we wouldn't want to hire somebody like that to run college football. And I don't know what it would take for that, but it just seems so scared to sit behind this, to sit behind a, a, a rule-changing committee. It feels so scared. I want one person, one person to, as you said, put their nuts on the table, make the decisions, say, boo me if you want. I don't care. This is best for college football. Well, you know, you, this is what this is what I want. If it's not going to be one person, because I don't know if we're going to ever settle on one person. Let's just for argument's sake, say it like this. I want five people in this committee, five, that are permanent. I want every Power Five commissioner as the committee. And then I want a rotating group of five, whoever that may be, I want that to be rotated. And then you can rotate the five of the Power Five Power Five team, uh, conferences. You can rotate who is the face of these things, meaning making decisions. Okay. Now the committee can't rule over the conference, but when it comes to a college football playoff, you know what all five of them want. You know why they're all going to align. You ready? Why? Because they all want to make money. They all want to make money. Plain and, and simple. So, plain and simple. You, if Greg Sankey says, guys, we need to play this game on a Thursday because we've done the data and it says it's the best and we've been here, we've done that, we've run the BCS and playoff, we're telling you let's play it on a Thursday not to compete with the NFL. If he says that and they do that, I'm okay with it. If the data backs it up, I am okay with that. See, okay. I, the only thing, though, is – I, I don't my problem is I don't like when these decisions are, da are data driven because like I know how these companies work where they've got teams and teams and well, teams of analysts playing on a Wednesday though is what I'm saying it would make more sense than playing on a Wednesday yes yeah but yeah. I like your thought I like your thought I think all of the commissioners should be the ones making the decision it should not be like Joe who made this decision on the college football playoff who made it do you know I don't know unless I'm missing something. I have no idea. Right. I have to be missing something massive because I don't know. We literally could have chat GBT the one making this decision. It's quite possible. Artificial intelligence could be making the decision. It's possible. It's quite possible. <laughs> it is possible. With how erratic and, and terrible it is, it's quite You know possible. what I think is going on? I think – you know what I think is going on? I think they're going to ask Jeeves.com. You remember Ask Jeeves or are you is too young? I'm too young, but is that even still it's a like thing? It's like the British Google. I know I know what it is. <laughs> is that even still a thing? I, I've never – I haven't been on Ask Jeeves since I was in high school when you were in diapers. That's so weird. You were in diapers when I was in high school. So maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> How old were you in 2008? Ten. Oh, my God. I wasn't in diapers, but I was 10 years well, old. Well, that's debatable. 
the age difference isn't as significant as you as you make it seem. Yeah, maybe not. We're like eight years apart. It's about just because I'm I'm in my early twenties that it seems like I'm a child. Yeah, you're 24. I'm about to be 33. I'm about to be 25. So there's a difference there. Okay, 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 okay. In a month. Okay. In a month. Okay. What yeah. we're gonna do for your birthday? Uh, I don't know. You coming up to New Jersey? Hell no. <laughs> Actually, I want to go to Tony Soprano's house. It's right by where where I grew up. It's not that far away. Caldwell, New Jersey. I want to. I want a New York slice of pizza. I want to go to uh, Yankees. That's not hard to find. That's not hard to find. None of that. I want to go to Yankees there. game. If you're willing to spend two hundred bucks, I do. You want it in quarters or hundreds? <laughs> Just tell me. All right, quarters would be preferable. <laughs> Anything else we got going on? No, Tom good. Football? Good. Good show. This Saint Saint get back to Monday. Have traded their pick to trade it do they trade out of this 103 spot no they traded uh two 103 two or two okay. they traded with the bears to be the first pick in this in today's draft by the way i i not to distract this as we were trying to wrap up i hate the kendry miller pick by the way that's a terrible pick i i don't understand why you guys are drafting running backs because we don't have one what, Alvin what, Kamara is going to be suspended for six to eight games. What What's the deal with Jamal Williams? So you're drafting this guy to start or to play for six games as the second back well, to Jamal, Jamal Williams, Williams is not an every down back. Yeah, and, and what they and what they want to do, they got to get somebody out in the. They got somebody that needs. I I like I like the Miller pick. To be honest with you, I, I when I watch him play, he's the most Saints running back I've ever seen. If you watch Saints Fair. football, if you watch Saints football, he is. You know who he is? He is a better athlete, uh, PT Cruiser. What was his name? Pierre Thomas. I could see that. And if you get Pierre Thomas, brother, sign me up if you got Pierre Thomas. I mean, if he works out, he works out. I just think it's I think there's other needs. Like who who's Oh, well, who's, I bet you think that the best pick that they've made is Isaiah Foskey, the Notre Dame guy. Isn't that right? Well, I, I like Yes, because I think he's a good fit. He's a good replacement for Cam Jordan. I said this on Twitter, but the the other I, I just like you've got one good receiver. You guys need some receivers. Crystal outside of Crystal Lave, like what are we is are we hoping Michael Thomas somehow returns from the dead? It's a big if. I didn't know Michael Thomas was still in the league. I'm just joking. <laughs> I think most people would, would agree with that. Uh we'll see. We'll see. All right. All right, Blake. Good show. Great show. Tyler Bugner is ass. Heisman. All right, listen. Let's end it with this. Right. If Tyler Bugner wins a Heisman next year, I will personally pay to fly you to Baton Rouge and take you to the most expensive. I'll take you to the supper club. Deal. 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 Okay, well, hold on. Okay. You have it. You have not heard the op what I want. Okay. Wait. If he doesn't win the Heisman, we yeah. gotta we gotta alter I mean, that. If, if he, he doesn't, if he's benched, how about that? No, because I he could easily be benched. Right. So then that's more favorable for for everything. All of this is favorable to you. Nothing's favorable no, 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 for no. me. No, 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 no. Because if he doesn't win the Heisman, and you bet something to me, I'm screwed. That's the point of a bet. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not going to agree to this bet because he's not going to win the Heisman. <laughs> what what were you going to offer up? What were you going to tell me? I have to. I, I, I don't know, but you're not as dumb as I thought you were. All yeah, right, <laughs> we're out of here. Peace, guys. All right, later, everyone.